Hello everyone and welcome to the show. We got some, a few changes going on and I just want to say, hey Tris, how are you doing? How are you feeling, my friend? I'm doing fantastic. How about you? I am well. I am well. So I guess we should go ahead and get into the show. In the wings, we got a really good friend, a really good person that I'm like, yo, I love listening to his podcast, The Daily Path. It is a show that I'm looking forward to every Monday and every Wednesday. I'm looking forward to it. It's so hot, so nice. But let's go ahead and bring on the man behind that podcast, Joe Winters. What is up, my dude? What's up, Jay? How you doing? What's up, Trish? Thank y'all for having me. No uh, you're welcome, man. Don't pay no attention to my silliness. I'm sorry. Listen, he, if you need a hype man, Jay's the person. I remember when yeah. I I was on his show the first time. I'm like, dude, you're going to be my hype man. I think definitely hype. Yeah, <laughs> I will say it time and time again. I listened to too much Public Enemy and took Flavor Flav the heart. I promise you. <laughs> <laughs> Flavor Flav. That was my joy. So anyway, also, uh, Joe, if you don't mind, give us a little background about your show, how you came up with it, and what's your mission and all that lovely stuff that goes into presenting your show. Absolutely. Thank you. So my show is Daily Path Podcast um, with me, Joe Winters Jr. I release an episode every Monday, 5 a.m. Um, and I'm actually about to start um, releasing guest episodes um, every Thursday. But um, essentially, I came up with the show after obtaining my bachelor's in psychology. Um, my Me and my mentor, we had sat down and he, given knowing my entire story of me overcoming homelessness, losing my mom at a very young age, um, having to, you know, deal with depression and a lot of other stuff. Um, he said to me, Joe, honestly, you would be doing the world a disservice if you don't share your your story. And so um, that's when he really got my wheels spinning. And I decided to launch a podcast and a YouTube channel at the time. And um, I knew that I just wanted to inspire anyone who was willing to listen using my um, background, my experiences and um, what I had learned over the course of my degree plan. And so I began doing that and um, the show really took off and I was blessed to go back to school and say, okay, I'm, I'm gonna get my master's in educational leadership in which, um, you know, a big part of that is just wanting to understand how leadership in public education actually works from a data-driven standpoint. Because when I first started speaking, um, I was primarily speaking to K through 12. And mm -hmm. um, now, uh, my business have grown to where I also speak to businesses and universities as well. So I don't know, you said that's so nonchalant, but you went, <laughs> you talked about being homeless and then going back to school and just to where you are right now. And I don't think you understand how much of a, well, I don't know, that's such a big deal. That is just so impa impactful, so empowering. And those these are the stories. This is why I told you I shared your story with Jay, I shared it with my son. I shared it with other men that I know because I think we take so much for granted in life, um, in, in, in our life. And just listening to you, like you said it so like it's just, you know, it's it like, but this is such a big deal. And when I listen to, as a woman, I, when I listened to your podcast, when I came up, uh, um, I first heard you in Clubhouse, but when I came across your podcast, I shared it immediately. And the impact that you're having, not just on myself, but on some men that I know, it's enormous. So I don't think you should be so, I think we should have some sound of sound effects because uh, honestly, it's, it's enormous. Thank you. Thank you. You know, I mean, you know, for me, um, if I'm being honest, the, the way that I say it as I'm saying my story now, uh, for me, a lot of it, a lot of it has to do with the fact that I'm, I'm at peace. Uh, mm. 
So that's the reason why now it's like, you know, if I was given a, you know, a, a motivational presentation, right? Mm-hmm. Um, you, you probably would see a little bit more of that theatrical emotion that's going mm-hmm. into it because I'm presenting. But as I tell my story, if I'm just being honest with you, I, I'm so at peace with the things that I've been through in my life um, that it it's actually really easy to talk about. It just rolls off my tongue. like. That's the life I had. Can I say up. that that makes a lot of sense? Because when I listen to your podcast going back, because you've been doing, I think, from 2018, 2018 or so. Yeah, when I when I listen to a couple of those earlier episodes, but then when I listen to some of your newer episodes, like you can really tell a difference. Right. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> There's definitely a difference in the growth. And and, and to yeah. anyone listening, um, I, I, I would like it if you went back and listened to early episodes, but I would prefer if you just stuck with the new episodes. To me, the early episodes, you know, I was a rookie trying to find a message, uh, you know. I found those to be, I found those to be so much impactful. Like, because I think when I, I started with your newer episodes, but then when I went back to your older ones, because you hear the growth. And to me, that's what I love about podcasts. It's because you hear the emotions, you hear the maturity in the voice from then to now, right? So to me, that's that's more impactful because when I went back and I listened, you have a couple episodes in the beginning. I think it's self-improvement or self-discipline in, in the beginning. But then when you listen to some of your newer episodes where you talk about some of these, um, about some of these like self-discipline, it's you have a total look on it and how you word it. There's a lot more confidence in it. Right. Definitely. Right. Yeah. No, I definitely agree with that. And, yeah. and thank you for saying that. You know, I actually, I actually get it a lot that. The, the early episodes were still very impactful and seeing the growth is great. Um, yeah, thank you for that. You know, I, I I I received that so much. I guess just being the creator of it, I go back and listen. I'm just like, ah, I could have been better. No, I totally understand because I have a podcast. Yeah, I know I keep talking. I have a podcast too and I go back and I listen to my first few episodes and I cringe and I'm like, what were you doing, girl? But then, right. but you can hear the growth, right? And I think right. that's important too for our listeners because what we're trying to do is motivate and impact people. So if they could even hear and see our growth to know right. that we're continuing to evolve, that's right. important, right? I definitely agree. And I actually want to add this point too for your listeners. Um, this is why it's important to just start whatever it is you want to do, right? I think that um, a lot of people, they never see the growth that they could have because they never start. They want to be perfect at the beginning, right? Like if I if I, if I I was to have jumped into podcasting um, wishing that I would have started at, as the host that I am now, I would have never started my show. And so, you know, I, I just wanted to throw that in there because I know a lot of people that are very intelligent, very talented, um, but they are, I guess, what we refer to as perfectionists. Like, it's like, if it's not perfect at start, they're not going to start. And that's the reason why a lot of people never start. So I say that to say, you know, whatever it is that um, you who's listening to this is considering doing um, in your life, um, start now. Start now. You'll make the progress. You'll get better. You know, and when you look back, um, and when others look back, um, you will be recognized for how good you actually were, because even when you start and you're putting your heart into it, um, you're better than what you think, you know, as we realize we're better than what we think when we start. So start start today. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Um, I know for me, that was definitely something that hindered my progress so just that paralyzing fear of it needs to be perfect what are people going to say if if mm-hmm. i make a mistake or if i fall flat and like you know what um all that shoulda coulda woulda stuff like 
it'll always be this. So just go ahead and start. Right. People are going to talk about you whether you do or you don't. So just go ahead right. and do it, right? right. But um, Joe, I'm curious, um, has it gotten easier as you've talked about it or is it just a natural progression of you just stepping out on faith? My story? Yes. Um, I think it's a little bit of both, um, mm -hmm. to be honest, uh, because first and foremost, the faith piece, you know, I'm now in that space where I, I understand that, you know, respectfully, I, I was credit to be who I am. Mm -hmm. I mean, it just it just is what it is. So, yeah. you know, my, my faith in God is allows me to say it's OK for me to live in my truth, be authentic, be transparent, be vulnerable. Um, and, and, you know, I think it's important for everyone to get to that place where they can be vulnerable. But I think that part comes to faith. I think that that's where the faith piece comes in at. Um, as far as the the skill and the ability to just talk about it um, fluidly, I, I do believe that a great deal of that comes from, you know, um, practice, um, because truthfully, when you when you start speaking, you don't really know, like, what's your speaking lane or archetype, if you will. Like for me, um, when I've really gotten to speaking, I was highly inspired by Eric Thomas mm -hmm. and a lot of people that listen to Eric Thomas and listen to me will say that I sound like him. Well, a, for a great reason, I listened to him. I was inspired by his mm -hmm. work. Mm -hmm. But as I began to continue to speak and evolve, I realized that there was ways that I speak that aren't necessarily how he speaks. And so I had to begin to evolve into who I am. Like I had to really come to who I was as a speaker. And I think it's hard to, I think it's hard to know who you are as a speaker when you start. Mm -hmm. So, you know, how you get there is by, you know, um, learning or imitating, if you will, those that you really resonated with. So for me, it started with Eric Thomas. Um, and then I got to a point where I really started looking at Les Brown, John Maxwell. Um, and then it started expanding. You know, what's funny though, is at the beginning, I think it's very important for me to say this at the beginning, there's a lot of speakers that I did not like because of how they spoke when I first started okay. that I love now. Like, okay. Does that make sense? Like for, yeah. for example, I just have to put it out there. Like, and I think a lot of it has to do with wisdom or maturity, maybe. Yeah, perhaps. for sure. For sure. Uh, but originally, for example, John Maxwell, leadership expert, like, man, originally I could not listen to him. I felt like he was boring. I really did. That's just me. Now, He's by far one of my go-to people that I like listen to and that I study. It could and, be because uh, you resonate with what he's saying now. Before it wasn't you weren't it wasn't resonating with you, but because of your experience now, maybe that's why. Because I I had the same issue. Yeah, definitely, definitely. I I I, I think it's I think it's that. But two, I also think it's the ability to to rise above having to emotionally connect with people to yeah. understand that they still have great knowledge mm -hmm. and great information. Like, you know, we have this tendency growing up um, where we primarily only listen to people that we see ourselves in, that we can relate to. And I think, it, you know, it's not until we reach a certain level of wisdom where we begin to realize you don't have to relate to someone to learn something from them. Yeah. Does that make sense? Yeah, no, uh, I 100%. Yeah, that makes complete sense. My uncle Hank, he used to say all the time, regardless of who you run into, they're always going to know something you don't know. Facts. Mm -hmm. Facts. Definitely. Yeah. I, I mean, hey, I could I could speak to that. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> oh, you know, you're always welcome to speak, yo, Joe. You're always welcome to speak. 
Um, so um, I know like there you have um, several episodes on your podcast. Um, one I believe is titled "Pain to Gain." I think there's another one, "Becoming Aware and Faith." Is right. there a particular formula that you use to come up with your topics, or is it just turn on the mic and just whatever comes out today? <laughs> there, 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 there's definitely there's definitely a a, a formula. Um, uh-huh. You know, when I originally started, it was just like. Well, I mean, honestly, I think when I originally started, it was what just kind of like popped into my head, to be honest. Mm -hmm. Um, But now um, I do my best to make the um, title what the topic is actually going to like legitimately be or I guess the result of the topic. So, like, for example, if I, you know, um, swim, boy, swim, that's one episode that I have on my episode or on my on my podcast and um, the the topic is swim boy swim the story is about a time where my cousin pushed me into a pool because i told her that i could swim and i couldn't swim oh, wow. uh, and so you know the the moral of the lesson there is be who you say you are you're going to be exposed for someone you're not mm-hmm. at this time when she pushed me into this pool mm-hmm. i was being exposed i couldn't swim <laughs> i told her i could but i couldn't you know <laughs> now to take that lesson a little bit deeper though i, I made it very clear in those moments you can become who you said you were. So in that moment, I didn't know how to swim, but that's the moment I learned. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I, to, to some degree, it's like, you know, it, it's it's either dependent upon the story that I'm going to use in the episode mm-hmm. or, um, you know, what the um, lesson of, of the uh, podcast is going to be. On a side note, that's how most of us Caribbean people learn to swim, just so you know. <laughs> <laughs> we just get thrown in. I, I think that's everybody. My father pushed me in as well. I didn't learn how to swim. To this day, I still don't know. I know how to doggy paddle and stay afloat. I don't really know how to swim. You know what I'm saying? So stereotypical black person right here. I don't know how to swim. Uh, my kids do. They, yeah. They got yeah no, I, know. I definitely know. Um, so, Joe, two of your episodes that actually the first two that I listened to is uh, Know Your Worth and Faith Over Fear. And... The reason I listened to those two first is because I did an episode on my podcast similar. And um, those are the that's where I'm at in my life. That's where my journey has taken me, especially with knowing my worth and especially becoming deeper in my faith. Have you found that since that you've been speaking on some of these topics or, you know, sharing a lot of these intimate thoughts and moments in your life, do you find that you attract like minded people? more now absolutely yeah 100 percent. the 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 more authentic and vulnerable you are yes. the more you're going to attract like-minded mm-hmm. people mm-hmm. now so, when you're going go ahead no i was just going to ask how, how does that look like for you or what's a tangible thing you could leave the audience with because i know i've heard that before and a lot of times people don't really know what that looks like absolutely so um truthfully First place to start is look at your ego. Okay, so um, when people like say things to you, your ego is going to get bruised if you don't like it, right? Mm-hmm. And you have to ask yourself why you don't like what they're saying to you. There's usually one of two reasons. It's either because it's something that you went through, a traumatic experience, and like that's something that you're going to have to work out within yourself, and you know, um, come to a state of peace with. Um, that scenario but then the other one is because you honestly don't like it it just is what it is and you know i think that society does a pretty you know 
great job at making you feel as if you just your ego is entirely bad per se. Like, I don't think it's entirely bad. Here's my belief system. I believe that you're not supposed to respond to people with your ego, but you're not supposed to ignore it. Does that make sense? Like my, if if you was to say something to me that, you know, I just felt disrespectful, like I felt disrespected. Well, Mm -hmm. I'm gonna be like, well, what, what the, like, why would you say that to right? Like, yeah. and that's, that's my reaction in my head. But, you know, ultimately when I look at those things that I don't like, and I always start with the things that I don't like, because I find it very easy to um, be around people that are like-minded when I know the things that I don't like. If mm-hmm. I don't like it, you're not going to be around me. Does that make sense? Yeah. Like, I don't yeah. like a negative person. So if, 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 you know, you come into the space and you're just talking negative all the time, right? You, you can't do this. You can't do that. You can't do this. You can't do that. Well, that hits my, that hits me. And there's two reasons why I don't like it when I'm looking at both sides of my ego. The first one is I was always told what I can't do. So yes, you know, um, that has to do with, um, you know, I guess toxic things of my past. But at the same time, when I really look at the the reality of it, I don't like when people project limitations into the space. True. Does that make sense? So at, at, from that point forward, it's very easy for me to say, okay, you know what? If you're a negative person, you shouldn't even be around me. Like truthfully, mm-hmm. um, I mean, I don't like to make people feel bad, but I'm one of those type of people where I'm unapologetic about the things that I don't like. So if you choose to continue being around me, there's a great chance that you're going to feel bad and I'm not, because I'm not going to let you make it. If I don't like it, I don't like it. I can totally resonate with it because I was the kind of person that I would always sit down or listen in a situation that I was uncomfortable, especially if it was negative. I wouldn't say anything. But since I started to be a little more vulnerable and speak my truth and actually know my worth, I'm able to say, you know what? I can't be around this energy. I can't be around this negativity. Or you know what? Let's try to spin this. I I would say let's try to spin this. conversation in a different way and if it doesn't spin i'm like okay you know what i can't do this right now and before it, i would have never done that right yeah well that's that's important yeah you know, like that's important you know I, again we you know and i to some degree maybe it's like you know how an individual is raised right like in, mm-hmm. in most family cultures children don't have a voice, voice yeah. you don't have a voice so mm-hmm. it becomes very easy for you to begin to portray someone you're not because you were always told that you couldn't say the things that you felt. Thanks, Joe. That- you just put a lot of trauma back in my head right now of all the times. <laughs> Stay in your place. <laughs> Can I tell you, I wish sometimes I look at my kids and I'm like, y'all don't understand oh how lucky. God, yes. Because they they have a voice. And I'm like, I wish I did not raise y'all like this because I couldn't say that. Like I'm like, what did I create? But you know what? When I see how it is now that they're able to come to me and talk to me about right. anything. Okay. And and my daughter's 22, my son is 17, and he was here and he was having all these conversations that I know and even their friends will come and talk to me because they can't talk to their parents in a certain way, right? Because they right. still have that mentality. And I'm like, I am so happy that I raised them like that or that, you know, I learned earlier on that I need to give them a voice because the relationship that I have with them now, it's priceless and it's it's going to continue like that, right? right. So um, I, even now there's certain things that I wouldn't speak to my aunts and uncles about. I'm not, not dare me. Like I wouldn't even say certain things, right? Because that's just how I was raised with them. Yeah. Now let me ask you, now let me ask you this. Would you still hang around those same um, aunts and uncles that you wouldn't say certain things to? 
Yeah, I do. Like, okay, so it's not that I wouldn't say anything though. Um, I'm a little more verbal now. And the thing is, is that um, because I've evolved in how I, how I talk, like if I, if they say something wrong, I used to leave them before. Now I'm like, okay, you can't say this, or this is not how it is now, or you know what? We're not back in the 50s and 60s anymore. You right. have to evolve. So, I, but I say it in a very respectable way. Right. So it's not like I am I'm quiet, but I respond in a different way than I used to before. Yeah. Oh well, yeah. then that's that's definitely good. Yeah. That's yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's it's kind of like what you were saying um, a moment a moment ago. I know for like with my, me and my kids, my kids like Trish is saying are very open to say whatever they want to say. And a lot of times they would say things and I had to learn how to check my own ego mm. before I would snap or, or reply. Do or you do like that, that double take? Like, what, what, what? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, particularly with my teenage daughter right now, there's a lot of double takes. Yeah. Uh, but I, I'm curious, Joe, I, I listened to an episode of yours, um, I believe it was this Monday's episode where you were talking about um, how you had to put boundaries up to family members. Oh, absolutely. Because, because again, that negativity, like you had to learn to distance That's yourself. How, you, how did you do that? And how many feelings got hurt? Because <laughs> I'm sure you know, it wasn't Can easy. you tell that Jay's on, Jay's trying to do this right now? That's his path. Like, he's, like, he's looking for guidance. Hopefully, hopefully Don't I put me out there like that. They might be listening. Hopefully I can help, you know. So for me, I'm, so how many feelings got hurt? Um, a lot of feelings, including mine, because it, it hurt me as well. I'm, I'm, I can't sit here and, yeah. and lie about that. But in the long run, it was better for me and for them, honestly. Mm-hmm. Now, how I did it, it depends on the, the family person. member. Mm-hmm. It depends on the person. Um, someone that's just extremely toxic, unfortunately, like my father, I just stopped talking to him. Like, like mm-hmm. literally just stopped talking to him. Um, and But that kind of worked out because realistically, it's, you know, I was the one putting forth the effort in yeah. our relationship. So when we would talk, I would reach out to him. So it was kind of easy for when I stopped reaching out for, to him, for us to not talk because he wasn't reaching out to me. And, you know, when it comes to, um, you know, brothers or cousins and stuff like that, um, I I always try to do my best to have a conversation. um, Mm -hmm. But ultimately, um, with a great deal of my family, it never really rang Mm -hmm. when we were having the conversation. So I would just have to take a step back and say, you know what, I'll continue progressing my life. Um, And most importantly, if they reached out to me and, and, you know, wanted to speak to me, well, that's when we would talk. So like, hey, Joe, like, you know, what are you up to? You want to hang out? Okay, yeah, cool. You know, and that would be every so now and again. Being out of being out of the city, though, for school, that helped, you know, because it's not as if I was sitting here in the same city with yeah. a lot of my family members. But I say all that to say, you know, um, what I've realized is that it takes – people seeing you progress in your life in a peaceful and productive way where they then learn they have to treat you differently in order to be present in your life. Um, That's that, that's the biggest thing, right? Like recently I actually had a conversation with uh, my sister. Um, I have several sisters, but um, with one of my sisters and um, I had to, I let her know that she came at me incorrect about, two of my brothers fighting. Mm-hmm. Um, the reason why she came at me incorrect is because I wasn't involved. They're two grown men. Mm-hmm. And so I'm saying to her, hey, you could have called me 
And you could have asked me what happened or why they're getting into it, or we just could have had an educated conversation about it, but it wasn't that way, um, you know? And so when she came to me, she came to me how she came to me. I told her what I just shared with you, hey, you could have came at me better. And she wasn't trying to hear that. She just kept saying, well, I didn't really care. I just know this is what I heard, yada, 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 yada. So realistically, we're having two different conversations. She's having the conversation about what happened and I'm having the conversation yeah. about how she's treating me. Does that make sense? Yeah, yeah. And, and so because she, because she wasn't realizing the conversation I was having with her, which is a non-negotiable conversation, this is how you're treating me and I'm telling you that it is not acceptable. This is not negotiable. Turn your attention from what happened over there. So I just, this I just is not negotiable. Here. So I just want to spotlight what you just said. The conversation you were having with her was a non-negotiable conversation mm -hmm. about how she was treating you. And I think, in my personal opinion, I feel that's a lot of the issue when it comes to people trying to set boundaries that they don't realize that it should be a non-negotiable conversation. Yeah, absolutely. Well, and and, and you know that um, to your point. When people go to set boundaries, they don't realize that it should be a non-negotiable conversation. And the person that they're talking to often don't realize that it is non-negotiable for that person. Mm -hmm. So, you know, it, I mean, it goes both ways. And so in this case, um, I, I didn't I didn't speak to my sister for some time. And um, she then hits me up randomly, like probably like two months later. And I was like, so what's up, bro? What like what's what's wrong? What's wrong? And then I stated again in the exact message, hey, when this happened, you did this. I told you this. You said you didn't care. And so I back, I, I fell back. And, you know, her response to me was, you know, well, ultimately, Joe, like, you know, like life is too short. Like you could have brought this to me. And I had to tell her I did bring it to you, but you didn't want to have the conversation then. So I fell mm -hmm. back. Mm -hmm. Now, now our relationship is in a better position. Mm -hmm. And that's one thing I've learned is you give things space. Mm -hmm. And when people ready, they'll come around. But also what you said too about having non-negotiables, that is something that I have learned in my life that the things that I value the most and that I felt as was non-negotiable to me, I allowed it to be negotiable. And mm -hmm. that's where problems happened in my life or that's where I lost a lot of myself or even who right. I was. So I think it's really important to know what your non-negotiables is Right. even in a conversation or even in qualities right. that you want in someone and within yourself. Right. And, and I think there's two pieces to that. There's two mm -hmm. stages, right? There's like, okay, right now, present day was non-negotiable to me. Yeah. I need to be communicating those things full transparency, being vulnerable about them. But yeah. then there's also what's going to be non-negotiable and I'm not yet aware of them. I, it's going to be it's going to be experience that makes mm -hmm. me aware of the future things mm -hmm. that I'm non-negotiable. And first, people people tend to compromise the things they know are non-negotiable for them right now. They need to stop doing that. But I think even more importantly, people feel as if once they learn new non-negotiables, they can't communicate it because it's not who they've always been. They're they're afraid of being a sellout or they're afraid of, you know, um, being a fake. And people have to realize we, I mean, we're forever growing, we're evolving, right? So I say that to say to, uh, for your listeners specifically, like, you know, if in this, in this time in your life, it's okay for you to have those five non-negotiables that you have, but in two years, you're going to have five more non-negotiables that you also need to be communicating. And, and here, here's the unfortunate part. Sometimes people in our lives they like to try to make us feel bad that we've now grown and added new non-negotiables. Don't let them make you feel bad. 
no, mm -hmm. no. You can't, I, I wanted to drop the f bomb right there, but you know, I, I'm respect <laughs> the show. But you know, like, but like, like, I'm being real, like straight up, like like as you're growing, don't allow people around you to say, "Well, wait a minute." Like that ain't what you used to act. That ain't what you used to think. Am I not allowed to grow? Am I not allowed to evolve? Mm -hmm. So, but it's know, also the conversation you have with that person. You've evolved as well, so I'm evolving, yeah. and I think people don't realize that. Even though you're changing, they're changing as well, and that's something that I've had to. Not just I'm not not that I'm pointing out is that I'm not the same person I was last year or the year before, mm. and neither was pe neither were the people who are in my life or who I allowed to be in my life, and that's something I have to say to them. Like they will always say, Trish, you're changing, you're doing this. And I'm like, but you've also changed as well. So we need to learn to adapt or respect each other's growth, right? right? And Absolutely. I think that these are the conversations that we fail to have with each other, right. regardless if it's someone in your relationship with or your family members, these are the conversations we don't right. have. Right now, and I wanna, I wanna drop a, a John Maxwell quote right here because I think this is the perfect place to put it. John Maxwell said that it is possible to change without growing, but it's impossible to grow without changing. Oh, I love that. Yeah, love that. Right. That's so, pretty. because because some people unfortunately do change, but they're not growing. Mm -hmm. I mean, it, it's unfortunate. It's yeah, unfortunate. change change doesn't necessarily mean growth for a lot of people, <laughs> right? It doesn't right. necessarily mean growth. Yeah. Right, 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 right. Uh, but 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 on the other hand, right, it's important to note that it's impossible to grow without changing, so, and so your growth will come with change. So, Joe. Um, for, for everyone out there, like if, if it's not a surprise, or, I mean, if it's not a surprise already, like I tend to be like a little dramatic. I, I tend to be like a little diva sometimes. And just check his TikTok on you. <laughs> <laughs> right. But um, uh, I know for me, when I started growing and changing, there was a part of me that felt like I needed to make a declaration. Like, this is who I am now. Take it or leave it. Get yeah. on my life and all that stuff, right? Yeah. Um, but a wise mentor once told me, you know what? You're making all these changes. You don't need to tell anybody anything. They'll see it. Yeah. Right. 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 So the conversation we're having right now is we're talking about talking to people to treat us differently once we start making mm -hmm. changes and stuff. Does there need to be some kind of proclamation in your opinion? Or like, mm -hmm. what does that look like when you're telling people or you're setting your boundaries? Absolutely. I don't think there needs to be a proclamation every time that you have a growth moment or you begin to mature. But I do think there needs to be one whenever you have radically shifted something in Ooh. your life. So okay. You so, like so when you stop eating meat and you became a vegan. Th honestly, that's one. When you stop eating meat, because you have to rat, you have to state that yeah. to people. All right. Another one for, for yeah. me specifically is, is regarding my peace. So um, earlier this year, I had made a post on Facebook. Um, and the reason why on Facebook is because these, you know, the people that are friends with me on Facebook are nine times to 10 people that have known me, you know, Years. in high school and yeah, mm -hmm. well beyond that. And so that explains why you deny my request. Okay. I appreciate it. Right. I did not deny your request. <laughs> I'll play, I I'll play. But I made this post. I made this post. And um, the post read, um, it goes, this was earlier this year. Uh, forgive me. Uh, but it goes, um, I have reached a level of peace in my life that my upbringing wouldn't permit. So if you address me in any other way or if you acknowledge me in any other way than positive, it will be the last time you get the opportunity to address me. Mm 
Wow, I think okay. I'm going to copy and paste that. I know, right? Yo, I need to find this post. I'll send it to you. And, but here's the thing. The reason why it's important, and I strongly encourage this to anybody that have reached a, a, a level of true peace. I'm not saying trying to pose like you're better than people. I am not saying that. And I'm not saying making this um, proclamation, you know, declaring it before it's happened. Like, I mean, you've truly reached a new new level of peace. And at this point in your life, you know, without a shadow of a doubt, you do not bring negativity to other people and you don't want other people bringing negativity to you. Does that make sense? So, mm -hmm. you know, for me, that is the reality. And, you know, prior to me reaching this state, people would come at me, um, you know, uh, and acknowledge me in other ways than positive, whether they're trying to make fun of me, um, you know, doing more so that mm -hmm. way I could be successful, whether they're, you know, making fun of the fact that I started a podcast or whether yeah. they, mm -hmm. you know, and it's just little small jokes, right? And I've often tried to get people to realize that um, realistically, a lot of the things that we're joking about is the very reason your reality is what it is. Yeah. Stop joking about things that you don't want to be your reality, right? So if you see a person that's being that's doing everything they can to be successful, stop joking about mm -hmm. them doing everything they can, because chances are you're fooling yourself into believing you shouldn't be doing everything you can to be successful. Yeah. You're oh, just trying absolutely. to form it in a joke. You so, you know I. That's that's one of the things and that honestly, but outside of something like that, mm -hmm. I would say that, you know, no, nah, you don't have to state it every time you have a growth moment or you're maturing. And it's and I just wanted to touch on something that you said, too. It's like for me, too, I didn't even I didn't even put a post up. But what I did was if I saw people consistently posting stuff that was either negative or wasn't aligning with some of the things that mm -hmm. I align with i unfriended them because right. i didn't want to see that on my feed and people right. have come back to me and asked me oh i've sent your friend request you know we were friends what's happening i'm like you know what there's certain things on your post that just doesn't align with where i'm at in my life right. you know you can you know you have my number you can reach out and say hey trish how's it going how are you doing or whatever right. happy birthday but right. there's just certain things that are on your feed that just you know i don't want to wake up or i don't want to be scrolling and see Right. I definitely agree with that. You're yeah. better than me, Tris. I just like unfollow people. I don't unfriend them, but wow. Like you said, I unfollow. Well, what do you call it in Facebook? Unfollow and friend, whatever the case. I just don't want to see it on any of my feeds. I mean, right? I need to. Like, now that you said it, I'm like, yo, if right. you you listening, you watching the show, if we ain't friends on Facebook no more, you know why. <laughs> I don't even tell, you know what a lot of people don't even realize that I did but if right. the people who came back and asked me they, and they realize and they try to friend me again I'm like listen if I want to accept your friendship to just certain things that I don't want to be seen or, or I, I just don't want in my day in my daily routine I just don't mm -hmm. want that to be in my vision right mm -hmm. and you know what a lot of people surprisingly understood where I was coming from and they're like mm -hmm. you know what I never really looked at it that way or I never even thought about it like that you know I was just thinking I needed to share it, but maybe I don't need to share everything mm -hmm. like that, you know? So right. <laughs> that's the, that's good stuff. Good, yeah. good. That's good for you. I definitely unfollow people. I don't unfriend them either. I unfollow them there because, you know, there's 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 two not to knock unfriending them. There's definitely probably some people that I have unfriended, though. But I don't know. What's uh, the difference? Unfollow and friend. Isn't it the one, same one, thing? One, one, when you unfriend them, y'all don't see one another. But when you unfollow them, they can still see your stuff. OK, you so that's the thing. Their... I unfollow them. Then OK. Okay. Okay. All right. I unfollow. <laughs> 
There oh. you go. You now you guys know how savvy I am on Facebook. <laughs> <laughs> well, Facebook's one of those weird places. I really don't go that much. Yeah, anymore. I don't as well. Yeah. I go when I have to to right. talk to people and to do stock business stuff, but I really don't try to like TikTok and Instagram is kind of where I spend right. most of my time when it comes to social media. But mm -hmm. you know, I'm right there with you. Well, I spend most I spend most of my time on LinkedIn and then yeah. second on Instagram. Yeah. Um Facebook is definitely like, you know. Well, really as my kids say, it's for the older folks, and I'm not in that category. So, <laughs> <laughs> so. agreed, agreed. Wow. Oh man. Um, so, so let, let me let me ask let me ask y'all this. You know, mm -hmm. in in y'all's walk right now, what brings y'all to the place where you are being intentional about those you're hanging around? Hmm. Trish, you want to go first or you can go because I might uh, want to steal your answer. So <laughs> um, for me, honestly, it was, it was a little bit selfish. Uh, I wanted to be successful and I knew the people around me at the time weren't doing anything. Um, mm -hmm. They were still living with their parents. Right. They had they floated from one job to another if they even had a job. They weren't reading. They just weren't doing anything. And they just wanted to hang out all weekend, mm -hmm. get drunk and all that kind of right, stuff. Right. And even when I was in that life, I really didn't enjoy it, particularly the after effects. Mm -hmm. And um, I started reading and started, as you said, energies attract energy. I started being around other people and I realized, yo, there's other things to life than watching yeah. movies all day or TV all day, or I used to have this real bad addiction and don't judge me, please. Um, I used to buy DVDs every Tuesday because that's when they came out. Mm. Me and the crew. So I kid you not, at one time, I had a good 9,000 DVDs in my collection. And I remember because mm -hmm. we counted it because I was going to try to put myself into the Guinness Book World of Records, which the record <laughs> is like 20,000 or something like that. But I only had 9,000. I was really mad about that. But, Damn it, you were close. You should have kept going. <laughs> but the thing about it, though, like every time we moved, I had to box them up. And then mm -hmm. I kept thinking like I saw a quote from, I believe her name is Emily Clark, the lady from Game of Thrones. She okay. made this quote that her father had told her, never trust someone whose TV is bigger than their book collection. Mm. And when I heard that, I was like, huh. And I happened to be looking at my DVDs at the time. And I was like, I need to make a change because I had <laughs> books. I didn't read them, but I had them just so I can say like, oh, I got books. Let's see. <laughs> I got them. Right. Uh, right. But I didn't read them. So I think for me, that's really when I started to like, you know, what, I got to do something because I want to be yeah. successful and I want to mm -hmm. make change. And I don't want my daughter to find some knucklehead because she's copying my image and she thinks that's what a man should be yeah. because I didn't feel like that's what I wanted for her. Mm. I love that answer. Yeah, no, for me, I think it's for my entire life. I, I just keep hearing what I can't do or what, who I'm not or who I am. And I think after being in my profession for a number of years, it wasn't something that I really was truly unhappy. It wasn't who I am. I've always loved law enforcement. I've always loved mm. um, either something to do with the law, like SWAT. Like I'm, I'm a, I, like I love being out. Like that's a, that's who I am. But I was always told that you can't do this. Or from a very young age, because I wasn't brought up with my parents, I was always looked as. I always felt like I was a failure. So mm. it's throughout my entire life, like even with my relationships or with my kids, it's like I always felt like I had to prove things to other people. Mm. And 
after I ended my relationship with my kid's father and I really did a deep dive into myself, I realized that I didn't really know who I was. So I had to get to know who I was and what makes me happy. And by doing that, I realized that the the more positive people I'm around, the more the people who I needed to be around was people who understood who I am, but not who was judging me. Mm. And that really just shed the light on how I wanted to live my life because I felt as though I actually just woke up. I wasn't living authentically. I was pretending to be I was pretending to be so many different other people. And when I really focused on where I who I was and who I wanted to be, that's when I really woke up and said, okay, Trish, this is who you can be. This is where you can go. Yeah. And these are the people that you need to be around. You, you, you don't need to be around the people who said that this is not who you are. This is what you can't be. You need to be around people who say it's okay to fail mm-hmm. at the things that you're going to try. And that's, and I think that's, and you, when you were talking about the whole podcast situation before, I wanted to do this like two, three years ago, maybe even longer, but I kept saying, do I have the voice for it? Am I okay enough to do this? Um, do I really have something to say? Do people really want to hear what I have to say? And I just kept delaying it, prolonging it. And I think it was really when I found my voice and being around people, like-minded people that I really said, okay, yes, just pick it up and do it. And I mean, if I didn't do it, I wouldn't have met you guys. Or I wouldn't have met Jay, right? So it's really be- helped me to become this person who I am. Good for you. Yeah, I'm glad. I'm glad. I'm glad to hear that you came into who you are. Good for I, you. Well, I wouldn't say that I have. I'm, I'm getting there. I'm hopefully. I'm. I'm getting there. So I think it's a. Cons- I think I'll be working on it until the day I die. It's a constant work in progress. Oh yeah, right. absolutely. Um, a lot of people don't realize if you look at look me up on social media, I've made it so that every account is finding Jay Reese because for that particular reason that you're saying, Tris, mm-hmm. is that I'm in a constant search for who I am. Yeah. So I figured, why not just call myself Finding Jay Reese? Because I feel like that's what I'm doing constantly, mm-hmm. every day. Mm, I like that. Yeah. Open. Y'all are open. Great spirits. Try to be. Try to be. Yeah, <laughs> you know, the thing is, is like what you said, like, honestly, being just totally being open and honest and being vulnerable, even about any mistakes about myself, it is so gratifying because... I feel as though I don't have to hide it. Like, I feel as though right. I don't have to hide who I am. And, right. you know, it, it makes me human. And it's not something I used to be so ashamed, right? And it's like that weight has just been taken off of me. And now right. I can focus on so many other things, so many other aspects. Right. No, I definitely agree with that. You know, authentic leadership is it, one of the forms of leadership that I, I mm-hmm. train and mentor on. Um, just being authentic and transparent about your strengths and weaknesses. And, mm-hmm. you know, that's really what, what you're saying, which is, you know, I, I'm sure why you are a, a phenomenal leader to your kids and to those that you lead on your podcast platform, through this podcast platform mm-hmm. um, and in the future. You know, like it, it, it definitely is something valuable um, to to be authentic and be ourselves and be open about, you know, not only the things that we do great, but the things that we don't do so great. And yeah only be so open about things we don't do so great but also being open about the things that we do great yeah, right no, so, yeah. Yeah. exactly but um speaking of being open though i think it might be time for the famous you have now entered the hot seat <laughs> mm-hmm. 
So everyone, it is time for the world famous, legendary hot seat moment. Did you hear his? That's that's Jay laughing in the in, in that in, intro. I, just like, I like the voiceover. I like it. I love it. Thank you. I was channeling my inner Vincent Price at that time. I swear, I laugh every time I hear it. <laughs> Oh, oh man. So yo, today on the hot seat, we got Joe Junior. I like this, man. Okay. All, right. All right. So Joe, I'm gonna ask you a question. And you gotta be honest, my dude. You gotta be honest. Always. You gotta keep Always. it real. Okay. Always. Always. Right. <laughs> so if you had 24 hours to change humanity for the better, mm. what are three things you would change? to better everyone's lives. Like, so not necessarily think things that I would do personally, but just like the actual result that it would be, right? Just make sure I'm hearing your question. However correctly. you interpret the question. Okay. Um, the first thing that I would do is I would I would erase um, or, or change the hearts in everyone to erase racism, sexism, classism. Mm -hmm. um, okay. What's the, and ageism. Mm -hmm. I, I, would, I, I would do away with all those, I think. Okay. I think that the the great deal with the or the problem with the world is those. Um, let's see. Uh, oh man, that's that's a mm. dang good one. That is a damn good one. Um, if I if I'm being honest, uh, hunger. Yeah, definitely with end world. Definitely with end world. Hey, there's no collaborating. He's on definitely, the hot seat. We're collaborating. I'm helping him out. Yeah, man. yeah. No, no. De 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 definitely, definitely with end, definitely with end world hunger. And I I'm actually glad that you said that because I'm sitting here and I was thinking and I was what I was about to say actually was like, man, like I would skyrocket my company to over a billion dollars so that way we could end world hunger. But mm -hmm. I mean, shortly put to the point, world hunger. Yeah. Um, that's actually. Um, my life mission is to end world hunger. Now, you know, I firmly believe that it's something that hopefully could happen while I'm alive. But in the event that I don't, my work contributes to it after yeah. after I'm dead. But um, that would definitely be one ending world hunger. And then um, re removing um, trafficking, like putting a, putting oh. an end to putting an end to trafficking of all kinds of all kinds, children's sex trafficking, the, the entire night. Oh, I'm so glad you mentioned that, um, because I mean, don't get me wrong. Every issue that is challenging the world is very important. But I think that is one issue that doesn't get enough light. Like people yeah. are very oh, timid yeah. or scared to talk about yeah. that. So I'm glad you. Yeah. Mentioned well, that. look, I'm going to be honest, though. You know, I think to some degree um, and this is very unfortunate, but I, I'm just going to say it. I think to some degree, people don't talk about it because they participate in it. Oh, I agree with that 100%, 110% to be honest. Yeah. yeah, there's a lot of there's a lot of um big people that's in it. Exactly. Yeah. Like when we see when we see, you know, people being exposed for, it, you're like, what the f he was this yeah. teachers, lawyers, police, what? No. Nah. Royal family? Right? Yeah. Like Oh, we uh, don't talk about that. No, no. We can't talk about the royal family <laughs> at all. No. Wow. Mm -mm. So Trish, what would you change if you had 24 hours? Three things. I don't know. Joe brought up some really good ones. The one thing that's always bothered me, and I think we spoke about this, I just think about the inequality of people, stature, and money. I think that mm -hmm. there's so much people in this world who are multimillionaires, billionaires, and then there's so many people who are poor. I would like to even the playing field where um, there isn't people who are at hungry or at the poverty level right. um i just think that that is just such an unfair on the, the scale is just so unbalanced when it comes right. to it um 
I don't know everything else he's like, like wars I don't believe in wars I don't I think wars are started just for to make money yeah. I think we profit off of gear like guns and stuff like that I just think it's so political mm-hmm. so that's something I would like to just totally not have yeah but everything else like the the sex trafficking hunger hunger is one thing i could never understand why anyone in this world goes hungry when we have so many resources we have so many people with money and so much resources i just don't understand why people are going hungry that's always been my my biggest i i I don't understand it right right it's just i think it's beyond me it, it it definitely is for me. I, you know, I, I have to throw this out there. It, it's beyond me, especially when it comes to um, other countries. Um, it's kind of getting to a point where it's not being so beyond me when it comes to the United States. And I only say that because we live in a country where, truthfully, you have all the opportunity to not yeah. be hungry. Mm-hmm. Um, well, I feel like the U.S. has the issue or... We're becoming Rome, in essence. Like we're getting so powerful, we're getting so rich, and all. And you see that divide happening more and more, which every year, Especially more people coming richer, more yeah, Especially and more people becoming pandemic. poor. Right. Mm-hmm. And the middle class is slowly disappearing. So it won't be long before yeah. you're either going to be yeah. rich or you're going to be poor. Right. Right. Well, you know, I, I, I like to I like to say this then. Um, being someone that comes from poverty and, and you know, I know what it's like to, to endure home, homelessness and being hungry. I'm sure there's a lot of listeners that, that can, can say the same. Um, poverty really does start with a mindset. And so I, I want to throw that out there. So that way, if you're listening to this and you know someone that's dealing with poverty or they're about to deal with poverty or anything of that, anything of that nature, the best thing that you can do is help them focus on positive things, help them focus on a positive future, help them focus on positive goals, help them focus on positive habits. Because if you help them do that, it won't be long before they're no longer in poverty. Yeah, it's uh, it's, so, it's a mindset. Total, one thousand percent. It's a mindset. That de- de- definitely is, definitely mm-hmm. is, and and I, I do want to go on record for saying because I know some 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 someone might say, well, you know, I, I I was born into this, and I want to say that it's not your fault you were born into it, but it is your fault if you continue living in it. Yeah. Took the so, words right out of my mouth, Joe. <laughs> <laughs> I co-sign with you, man. It, it's not your fault you're born in it, but yeah, if you die that way, that's kind of your fault. That's your I'm fault. I'm sorry to tell that's you. That's your fault. Your fault. Yeah. yeah. All right. So, um, everybody listening, you know how we do. Today has been a nice, good conversation with, with Joe. Trish, oh, I only, I only so. get one hot seat question? I thought there was two hot seat questions. I thought oh, both I, of I can give you another one. You want another? I can give you another one. Well, well, one. I, 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 th- I thought both of you asked me one, but never mind. It's fine. Oh. You know, it's fine. <laughs> I, I, didn't, I didn't feel I didn't feel that hot. That, that's all. I just, oh, I, I oh, it's all. like that. It's oh, like wow. that. Oh, snap. Damn, oh, Jay. Oh, man. I know, right? <laughs> okay. All right. Fine then. Be that way, Joe. Here we go. You have now entered the hot. All right, Joe is back in the hot seat for round two. Round two, baby. Let's do this. I want to make sure I'll make you hot this time. All right. All right, Joe. All right. So, a lot of people like to talk about politics. We tend to stay away from politics on the show just because um, there aren't any topics that we find interesting at the moment. But I have a question for you. Okay. All right. So, a lot of people like to talk about the Republicans are actually 
the true saviors of black people and the founder and mm-hmm. they had because of Abe Lincoln right like they were the one who freed the slaves and all that stuff right. so every black person should truly be republican right? right but democrats on the other hand are always like hey you know you should join us because we're the liberals we believe in equality for everybody right mm. but i think we all know that regardless of what wing you fall under they're both attached to the same bird right, right? Like, at least in my right. opinion so <laughs> so joe if you had to choose between republican or democrat which way would you go and why? Um, man, you know, to, to be honest, I wouldn't choose. Uh, <laughs> I, 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 I really wouldn't choose. And But here, here's, yeah. here's the reason. Here's the reason why. OK, I firmly believe in measuring people off of their merit, their moral standards. So Democrats, you know, and, and Republicans, those are a label that quantifies the group of people in which, if we're being honest, we don't meet. I, I don't I don't know the Democrats personally, nor do I know the Republicans perfect okay. or personally. Mm-hmm. So um, it's kind of hard for me to make, uh, uh, you know, determination on which team I would ride with when I don't yeah. know neither team. Mm-hmm. He's on the Joe Winters team. Definitely. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely. Now, we'll now we'll say when the rock runs for president, that's who I'm voting. for. Oh, my word. <laughs> <laughs> I got to say, though, I, I, I feel you. Um, the last oh, I shouldn't say um, the last time I voted for either of those parties is I voted for um, I voted for Gore. Like that was my, my the last time I voted for either party. Okay. Um, since then, I've always gone like third party. Um, mm. Just whoever, because usually I tend to relate to them more just because of a lot of my beliefs and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. So I feel everything you're saying, Joe. I, I like the person. I try to get to know the person and what right. they stand for and what I feel they can actually do in office versus just saying, I'm a Republican, I'm Democrat, yada, right. yada, whatever. So, right, right. Uh, I'm no, with I you completely. That. I can't uh, even talk to y'all about politics because honestly. You have a prime minister. Yeah, but it's not even that. I just. I just feel as though I know they say every vote counts and stuff like that. But to me, it's like they're just going to do whatever they're going to do, regardless of who I vote for or what I vote for. And I just roll with it. Yeah. Are you poking <laughs> holes in our democracy? For no, shame. I'm not talking about just I, 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 I've The first time I voted in Canada, I've been here. I, I was born here was, yeah. I think, a couple of years ago. And I just voted because I like the dude. His Instagram is great. So I really <laughs> doesn't like him. Uh, no, it's so, not not Justin Trudeau. I, I, yeah. I, for just, I don't even know who if which I don't know if I voted for Justin Trudeau. Is the the member here? He is. I can't remember his name, yeah. but his Instagram was just fly. Like he was dancing to Soka and stuff like that, which is a Caribbean. Like so, I'm like, you know what? I like this dude. Whoever he's part of, I'm voting for that party. Yeah. FYI, anybody who wants Trish's vote or just wants Trish, to, just just put on some Soka or, or reggae. Any Caribbean or reggae. Good. Just, just put, it, you got it. You got me. <laughs> My vote means that much to you. Do that. <laughs> oh, most deaf, most deaf. Oh man. Oh, but yo, um, anyone out there, if you're having um any troubles with family members and you or friends, and you're in that negative self space, remember what Joe was saying and what we were talking about. Set those healthy boundaries. Yeah, right. it right. might be hard conversations. You might hurt some people and you yourself are probably going to get hurt too. Because right. I remember a lot of times back in the day, I had friends that I ruled, rolled with for years, mm. but I was growing and at the time, unfortunately, they were not. So mm-hmm. am I supposed to stagnate myself or am I supposed to like stop my growth? 
Of right. course not. So don't stop yours. Do what you got to do. Be you. And hey, set those boundaries. And I also right. want to say to um, anyone can listen to Joe's podcast, but I really want to say to the men out there, to the young men out there too as well, um, please give it a, a shot because I really enjoyed it for my boys, like my my kids, and even for my male friends and your website as well. So I would just really, really urge, you know, if you're at a certain place in your life, whether you're trying, you're thinking about change, you or you are going through change, it is such a great podcast to listen to. I'm so mm. glad I came across you in Clubhouse and came across your podcast. Mm. So thank if, you. So everyone out there, um, I didn't know Joe until Trish hit me to Joe. And she brought up his name, and I was like, Joe Wynn? I ain't never heard of no Joe Wynn. Who's Joe Wynn? <laughs> so I, I looked him up, and then I started seeing pictures. I'm like, this pretty dude, you want me to look at this guy? Like, yeah, they're like, 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 oh, Trish, you know, what's going on? <laughs> <laughs> but then I started listening, and the haterade went away. <laughs> and I was like, okay, okay, he talking facts. All right, I, I got I to gotta put away... Uh, my insecurity. Remind him. I have stuff. like Jay. I'm not just looking at dudes because they look good. I'm like trying to get substance here. I'm trying to get you know. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Oh, but all serious, Joe. Where can everyone find you, and how can they connect with you if they so choose? Can we all make sure we get people connected with you? Absolutely. You can connect with me on Instagram by Joe Winters Jr. That's my handle. You can connect with me on LinkedIn, Joe Winters Jr. And um, you can tune into my podcast, Daily Path with Joe Winters Jr. It's on all major platforms, Apple, Spotify, Google Podcasts. Any of um, both Jay and uh, I follow Joe. We have right. him on all our platforms. So if you just want to get a link to him, just check us out through check it out through us as well. Mm, perfect. I love that. And and I also want to add, you know, for anyone that wants to reach out and have like a um um like a serious one to one because you are struggling with like toxic family members or you're mm-hmm. struggling with goal setting or you're struggling with you know, um, creating healthy habits, you can send me a message on any one of those platforms, whether that be Instagram or LinkedIn, or you can- I think I'm gonna be sending you a lot of business. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, you, you, they could always send me a message. Uh, Instagram Instagram, or LinkedIn, or you could email me info at joeandestrenor.com. Okay. You're talking about sending him business. I'm like, yo, I got a couple of different accounts that Joe don't know that I control. I can send him messages <laughs> <through> there. <laughs> oh my gosh. Oh, uh, but er- everyone, thank you for tuning into the show. And on that note, we are going to see you all later. later thank you for having me.